Hello, and welcome to the Acting Notes Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things acting, from tips and tricks to business information. I'm your host, Justin Powell, and today I wanted to talk about some non-acting related things that I think will improve your acting. I'll explain. So, there was a time in my life where I just dedicated every waking minute to acting. I was only listening to acting podcasts or interviews. I was only reading acting books. If I was watching movies, it was always trying to understand the choices that were being made by the actor. I wasn't even fully engaged with the story itself. I was waking up and doing vocal exercises and movement exercises. And in defense of all of that, I do think it helped. I think it improved my acting. But it got to a point where I was just getting so burned out. And you know, I remember recently I posted a video online a while back, a little like Instagram reel, where I just shared some good acting books. And someone in the comments said something along the lines of, no great actor has ever read any of these books. Which, you know, I think is a bit facetious. But I do understand the sentiment behind it, I think. Maybe not. But what I took away from it, at least is that sometimes to feed our acting craft, we have to focus on just living life, right? I mean, when we're telling stories, we're telling stories about real people, or at least we're trying to make them three-dimensional, nuanced, real people. And sometimes when you are just obsessed with the craft of acting, the technical things, the script analysis, it can almost remove you away from that very simple empathy and understanding of people. You know, when you're going into every situation thinking, what's my objective? What are my tactics to get my objective? I think it makes it tougher to actually just exist, to just be in the scene and be present. Because you're too in your head with all that. And in reality, we don't usually think that way in life, right? But think of your most dramatic moments in life. If someone came up to you after and said, I'm sorry, but that was not, you know, you were crying there. It didn't feel very real to me. You know, you would say, screw you. (laughs) That was real. I don't care if it didn't look how you wanted it to look. That was real. I went through that. And I wasn't thinking about my tactics here or my objectives. And I'm not trying to say get rid of those altogether. I'm just saying I think when we focus too much on the analytical side of acting, it can really hurt us in the long run. Ultimately, I think with any art form, we need to, which brain is it? I think it's the left brain? No, the right brain. The right brain is like the more creative side, right? Well, whichever one is the more creative side, that's where ultimately we want to be playing from. Is this like more free, expressionistic side as opposed to the analytical? You know, I've been reading the play Red by John Logan, which I highly recommend. It's a brilliant piece and really explores kind of the nuances of art. 
and in it, the character Rothko, the painter, uh, discusses his thoughts on, I believe it was a Jackson Pollock piece, but it might even have been one of his own. But essentially this idea that he uses in his paintings of using the colors red and black. And red to him represents this freedom, the passion, the emotions that are stirred in creativity, whereas black is the form. Black is the thing that translates those emotions so that people can view them, right? And it's the same thing with our creative acts. We have all this passion, this excitement, but we do have to find some form. When we're acting, we find that freedom within the form, right? And the form can be something as simple as the lines, you know? I mean, I can have the most free expressionistic experience. I don't even know if that's a word, but let's just go with it. Expressionistic experience of my life. But if I'm doing Hamlet and I'm not speaking any of the lines, then it's not going to translate well, right? We have to match our heart to the form. Or bring our heart to the form, rather. All that to say, though, I think sometimes we need to step away from acting and enjoy other aspects of life. And here's the good thing about it. Those other aspects are going to feed your acting. Because everything does. Everything can feed our art if we pay attention. I believe that was a Julia Cameron tenant in the artist's way. It might be Twyla Tharp, though, but... I believe it's Julia Cameron who said, you know, real art comes from focus and attention, from taking in small details, but actually focusing on them. Even like right now, I'm just looking at the wall in this little studio and noticing some of the grooves within it that have been there my entire time living here. And I've never really looked at them until this exact moment and taken them in. And maybe... No kind of art will come from that, but maybe it will inspire something in the future, or maybe it filters through my subconscious in such a way that will inevitably lead to something else that I don't even think back on, you know? I make a connection with the character that might be somewhat loosely inspired by my time paying attention to something small, but I don't even recall, right? So here are some things that I think will help with your acting that aren't necessarily related to acting. The first is something I highly recommend all people do, even those who aren't actors, but therapy. Therapy, the art of knowing thyself, right? And I do think there is a... I think that there still can be a bit of a stigma around therapy. I know when I was younger, it definitely felt as though therapy was only meant for someone who was really um, mentally unhinged, which is maybe not the best way to say that. But so someone who, I mean, that was the stereotype. The stereotype was that the person was, uh, you know, I, I don't want to use this term, but this was what it was, at least for me back then, was like the person had to be crazy. And that was the only reason to go to therapy. But I don't think that's the case. As I've gotten older and slightly wiser, I'll say, though some people would debate that, I find that therapy is such a wonderful tool 
for knowing thyself, for healing traumas from the past that we all have. You know, I I sometimes hear people say this in the world <laughs> where they'll describe some kind of, you know, horrible event that happened to them and then end it with, but you know, like other people have had it way worse. And I get that. And it's not wrong to acknowledge that, you know, suffering is unfortunately something that many people deal with and many people have to deal with greater levels of suffering. It's not wrong to acknowledge that. But I don't think it should be used to diminish your own pain. You know, I think it's okay to recognize the hurt that was caused to you. It doesn't mean that we have to hold on to it necessarily. Sometimes that's a tougher process, letting it go. I think therapy can help with that. You know, there's a YouTube channel I love to watch called Psychology in Seattle, where this therapist, uh, I believe he's a relational therapist, watches reality shows and then doesn't really, doesn't diagnose anyone. He always is very clear to say he's not trying to provide a diagnosis because he doesn't really know these people. He's just watching clips. But he does use their behavior as jumping off points for talking about, you know, the way that we relate to trauma, the way we relate to others, how to communicate more effectively. And I find it incredibly insightful. I also find it insightful because it can help us understand our characters, right? The more we understand ways that people deflect and defend themselves or carry themselves in the world, the easier it will be for us to bring that into the roles that we play. And not only that, the more we understand ourselves, the more we'll be able to bring into the work. Because again, you know, I think we can get obsessed with this idea, and I, I, I might be even be a proponent of it, with making it your own, with being individual. What do you have to say as the artist in the work? But I think inevitably your uniqueness is always going to be there because it is you in the work. The choices you make are choices that only you would make. Now that might seem vague. You might say, well, no, someone else might decide that they're coming in in a rage in this scene. True, but it would look different, right? The way rage looks for you looks different for me. It looks different for someone else. Similarities that we all recognize, but different. But the more we understand ourselves, and I think, again, therapy is just a huge tool to do that, the better. You know, with art, oftentimes we're called to dip into the darkness of life. The places where, you know, to be frank, our society tends to want to keep us away from. We always want to be happy and everything's okay, everything's fine. But as artists, we're often called to embrace darker areas and expose those to the light, right? And I think the only way to do that is to start understanding yourself a bit more. I'm reading a bit about Carl Jung right now and some of his theories, and I've always kind of dabbled. I definitely don't don't walk away from this podcast saying, this is exactly what Carl Jung said, because I don't know if I'm that prodigious in his works yet. But, you know, a, a main tenant of his work was embracing the shadow self. The self that we don't want to acknowledge is there, that often if we don't embrace that self, we kind of place it onto others. You know, you might be very prone to saying, 
well, that person is so selfish. Look at them. They're so selfish. That might be something you see in a lot of people. And what Jung and some other psychoanalysts would argue is that that's probably something in yourself. That's probably an aspect of your shadow self that you're not choosing to embrace. You're trying to repress. And I think when we repress, you know, this is, again, just another argument for therapy in this way. Repression can just hurt us so much more in the long run. And I can say that from experience. You know, when I was younger, I definitely spent many years repressing sadness, depression, anything that I didn't think was right. And I don't know if I was conscious about it. But it's very true. And eventually that all came to a head. It's like a, it's like a dam, you know. Eventually the water bursts. That's maybe not the best analogy. <laughs> Because dams, that shouldn't be happening in dams. But it's like, you know, it's like erosion. Let's go with that. The waves are, are still hitting, even if you're trying not to pay attention. And eventually, it will come to a breaking point. So rather than just trying to sit back and let all those things go by, I think it's important to go to therapy, to learn about yourself, about your traumas, in a safe place, to form a secure attachment with an individual is also very important. And really to have someone that you can completely be open and vulnerable with. Because eventually that's what we want to be able to do in front of the camera or on stage, right? And I do think therapy, you get some practice in doing that. Again, this should not be a reason. You should not go to therapy because you're like, I'm going to be a better actor if I go to therapy right now. There's, But there are side benefits of it, you know? That's the cherry on top, is that it's also improving your acting. So that's one. Therapy. Great. The next thing I highly recommend is meditation. I am a huge fan of meditation. I guess, every, maybe I'll stop saying that, because I feel like everything I suggest here, I'm going to be like, I'm a huge fan of it. But meditation is something that I find to be incredibly calming, it can start to build up, if you do it consistently, this level of detachment with some of the external things in the world, which is important, right? I believe I've talked about this before, but in auditions, if you're going in desperate to book, that can read. And it usually doesn't read well. It's not like a great look. But if there's a level of security in self, Detachment, not in the sense that you don't care about the work, but in the sense that you know this audition does not define me as an actor, as a person. And so I'm free to do my best work, right? I don't know how much this relates, but I've just been reading, uh, or rather watching some like documentary-style videos on Albert Camus, the French philosopher. And he has this quote that I just absolutely love. And I'm going to paraphrase it. So obviously I don't love it that much. I like it as a friend. But he says, in a world that's so unfree, the most liberating thing you can do is live as freely as possible so that your very existence is an act of rebellion. And I think that's really beautiful in a lot of ways. It's something that's been inspiring me, at least, the past couple of weeks. 
Like, how do we live freely? I think some of that is detaching ourselves from concerns with what people think about us, concerns with, you know, this audition, this job being the one that is the one. I have to get it right because it's everything hinges on this. I think meditation will help us calm down, connect with ourselves, and just detach. The other thing, too, you know, I don't know, this might just even be a message for me, but I'm sure other people can relate to it. I think we live in a world right now that just wants us to be constantly stimulated. Just constantly watching or watching or engaging with content or having a podcast on or, you know, making sure we're Sometimes we do like all of them at once. We have the TV on, we have our laptop open, we have our phone out scrolling through Instagram. Like we're just constantly stimulated. And I know when I do that consistently, when I'm, you know, there there are some times where I kind of lose track of my, what I really need to do to do well and to feel well. And so I'll like wake up and throw on a podcast instantly. I'll have noise basically running throughout my day. And then I try to find silence. And it's unnerving in a lot of ways. And that's what meditation is. It's sitting with the silence. But the more you practice it, the easier it will become. You know, if I have a friend who I suggested this to, and he said, I just meditation, I can't do it, it's too long. So I said, well, start with two minutes. Start by breathing consciously for two minutes. Then jump that up to three, then four, then five. You know, I don't think you need to do an hour meditation. If you'd like, you can, of course. I'm sure there's benefits to that. To me, the most I'll usually do is like 20 minutes. Though I will do guided meditations online. There are great ones on YouTube. I'm sure you can find other ones. I've even thought about recording some for actors in particular. Ones that will help you kind of connect to yourself and... The point is that meditation is something that I think can help us just relax, which again leads back into our acting, right? Because darn near every acting technique has some section about how you need to relax. It's such a huge part of it, right? If we're tense and holding ourselves the whole time, it's going to be tougher to feel the impulses and to go with them. And I think if we meditate, it'll help us to be able to find that relaxation in the moment. And to detach from the outcome of it, right? So there's two. Therapy, meditation. The next is traveling. Go travel, you know? See the world as much as you can. When you're traveling, you're just in a place that's inherently new for the most part, right? Unless you're going back to a place you've been. But even so, it's just, there's something new about it. Even if you're going back. I mean, let's face it, technically every single day, there's something new about existence. We just are usually on such a one-track mind, we don't notice it. I think that's something we can do, by the way, as a quick side note. is just, as actors, as artists, try to just experience the world as if it's new. With curiosity. Doesn't mean you're like, what is, what is this thing on wheels? Oh, it's a car. Oh my God, you know, not like that necessarily. But just really, you know, pay attention on your drive. 
sometimes I'll do this thing, especially when I'm like getting ready for performance. I'll do this day where I, I call it the day of single tasking. Where whatever I'm doing, that is the only thing that I will be doing in that moment. So if I'm washing dishes, that's all I'm doing. I'm washing dishes. And I'm just focusing on the sensation, on the present feeling. It's mindfulness. I just practice basically a full day of complete mindfulness. But where I'm only doing one task at a time. If I'm driving, that's all I'm doing. I'm not listening to music. I'm not doing anything else. And it's kind of wild, the clarity that can come from days like that. But yes, that was just a side note. Traveling. The other great thing about traveling is you're just going to a new culture. To a new place. Even if it's in the States, you know. I live in Los Angeles, but if I travel up to San Francisco, it's going to be different. There's going to be different values, different conversations. Maybe some similar ones. Probably some similar ones, right? (laughs) But still, there's differences there. You're meeting people that have different backstories, different lives than the people you're used to, at least, around your town. Because I think, you know, especially as we get older, it becomes a bit more, I think you become a bit more set with your friends, so to speak. I don't think we should, as artists. We should still put ourselves out there, try to meet new people. Again, we're just learning about others, how other people live, what they value how we are so similar and how we are so different. But when you travel, you just get to see so much. You get to experience new cultures. You get to watch how other people behave. And of course, that can all blend back into your acting. You know, you're picking up behaviors from watching others. You're seeing how other people live. So yeah, traveling. I don't really have much to say about it other than it's great. You should do it. Uh, I guess I'll share a quick story of when I went to Paris. There was a day where, you know, I was with my family and we spent a lot of the days together doing different sightseeing and things like that. And then one day we decided this will be a day where we all split up and just go do your own thing. We'll meet back at night. And so I decided to go on this little self set up walking tour where I went to all of these different cafes where so many writers and artists hung out in like the 1920s. These artists, these writers, philosophers. And I just went there and I wrote some poetry, you know, had a coffee, ended up getting a little bottle of wine, a cheap bottle of wine because it was Paris and cheap wine in Paris is still like incredible quality. And going down by the river And just drinking wine, writing some poetry. Eventually some people came by and I offered some to them and they sat with me for a little bit. And they spoke French and I didn't speak French. So it was was not the most fruitful conversation, but it was still so fascinating. And there was, I don't know, you know, maybe I'm being too romantic about it, but there was just an energy of, yeah, this is really nice. Sun was setting, drinking wine by the river. Just strangers sharing a glass of wine. There's something really nice about that. It's a memory that sits with me and a memory that I'm sure has bled into my acting at different points. You know, we didn't have any language to communicate with one another, really, other than smiles, gestures. 
But still, it was a nice... I think they, they stayed with me for about 15 minutes. And they left, and that was it. But it was really nice. And I think when we travel, we have those opportunities to meet strangers that we can even just share a cursory glance with. And you never know where that might lead. In your acting, just so I'm clear. I feel like that sounded kind of vague. Okay, the next thing I think you can do, a non-acting thing that will help you with acting, is some sports or working out. You know, getting physical with your body in some way. Uh, that could be yoga. I think yoga is amazing for actors because it really focuses on slowing you down, on kind of feeling your body, on stretching out, being limber. That connection to breath, which I think is important in our work. But I think sports too, you know. I always get kind of frustrated because I've, I've always liked sports. Uh, when I was young, I used to watch pretty much everything except baseball. I'm sorry, baseball fans. I'm just, I'm just not a fan. It's a bit too slow for me. I get it. The playoffs are interesting. I'll give you that. But I can't, you know, I'm just not into it. But I watched hockey, basketball, football. Now I pretty much only watch basketball. And I always disliked this aspect of being in the arts because whenever it seems like whenever I bring up sports in like a kind of crowded arts scenario, there's always that one person that's like, oh, yeah, sports ball. Um, I put the ball in the basket. Is that a touchdown or something? And it's like, you you know what it is. Why are you doing this? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I get it. You don't like sports. That's fine. Uh, but I think, I guess what annoys me is it feels as though they're trying to kind of lend it this air of like, sports are just stupid. And look, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess they kind of are. I think everything is kind of stupid when you think about it. Like the only meaning I think we really have is the meaning that we create for ourselves. And so, yeah, sometimes sports can be dumb, but I also think there's some really incredible just stories from sports. Stories of perseverance and will and redemption that we see in sports. You know, there's this great one. I don't know if I want to tell this whole story. I will. I'll make it fast. There's a great story about this guy named Derek Rose, who, when he was 22, won the MVP of the National Basketball Association, and that was a rare age to win that award. Usually that comes later in someone's career. And he was in Chicago where Michael Jordan played, but the Bulls hadn't really been good for a very long time until he came along. And then in the playoffs, he had this horrible injury. And for the next couple of years, he was never the same. He had this amazing athleticism that he lost with that injury. And he came back to the team and tried being the old Derrick Rose, but he wasn't. He wasn't as good. Eventually, he got traded and then cut from a team because he just didn't have what he used to have. He was an MVP, the most valuable player. Couldn't find a team. And there was a story about a fan who saw him in an airport and said, Derek Rose, you're the man. And his response was, no, I used to be, but not anymore. Well, Derek Rose kept working, kept trying to get better, trying to adjust to this new physicality that he had. 
and eventually made his way back onto a team as a bench player. Started to get a little bit better. And then one night, I think when he was on Minnesota, he scored 50 points, which is a big deal in the NBA. And he had tears in his eyes in his post-game interview, just talking about how hard his road had been trying to come back to this game he loved recognizing that he was never going to be that same MVP player but still trying to make something out of this passion that he had and it's such a beautiful story like even right now I'm getting a little bit choked up thinking about it thinking about how many nights he probably spent just despondent at what had happened and so I think the reason we should check out sports sometimes is, you know, those stories, those battles that people go go through on the court, on the field, and in their own heads. It's not completely dissimilar from what we have to do as actors, right? We have our own demons to fight against. Just like they have practice, we have rehearsal. And even to the point of execution, you know, athletes talk very similarly about how, yeah, they train all this technical stuff, but then once they get in the moment, they just have to hope it's there. You know, they have to let go. They can't be thinking, okay, I'm on a Euro step right now. And it's just reactions. And they're so, they have to be so present, right? Same thing with us. So I think you can find that by playing sports, by watching sports, by finding a way to exercise so that your body is more connected so that you can do things. You know, I, I, I've i definitely done... I think I, I didn't bring this up in my podcast last week about the method, and I do want to share that I definitely... Uh, maybe I did, but I don't know. I definitely engage in some method-like activities for actors. Uh, you know, I've certainly tried to put on weight for roles, tried to take some off, um really like immersed myself in the lifestyle of the character and things like that. I've never made anyone call me about the character's name, but, you know, I, I definitely engage with some method-like activities from time to time. I think it's interesting. I find it interesting, and so I engage with it. Um, but that's something you can always do for a role, you know? If you think that's if that makes sense to you as the character, you have the time to do it. Even something, and that might be, you know, you might be like, great, that's amazing if I have three months of rehearsal, but what if I book something and then I have to go up tomorrow? Well, maybe it's something as simple as going for a run in the morning or doing yoga in the morning or a swim or just stretching, you know? Just seeing what that does. But yeah, I think sports and working out are just great testaments testaments that's not the right word they're great additions you know and i think they can feed our acting as well and then the last non-acting thing that i think can help with acting is just going out going out with friends going hiking going out for dinner drinks if you're so inclined going to see a show but just being out in the world and being with people and engaging and learning their stories and people watching. And, you know, Stella Adler talks about that, how some of the acting technique is so crazy. Like, we don't need to just be focused in books all the time. We need to go out and experience life so that we can then portray life. 
And that's all it is with going out. I don't have a lot to say about it other than that. Experience life. Experience other people's stories. Experience other people's behaviors. Put yourself out there. You know? I was talking to a friend recently who's been trying to get himself back in the dating game. And he mentioned how he had this thing for this girl, but he just didn't... He wasted his chance. He didn't say anything when he wanted to. And what I try to impress upon him is, first off, like, that's fine. I think we've all had moments like that where we see someone we find attractive and yet we don't end up going over there to talk to them. But I think, ultimately, we should always push ourselves to go do those things. And it's not even about whether or not the person says yes or no. It's about trusting your instinct and just putting yourself out there, putting yourself in a position to be vulnerable, right? Because that is vulnerable to go over and talk to someone you don't know in the hopes that you can maybe spark up some kind of conversation. That's a vulnerable thing. But it also is something that we're going to have to do when we're performing. Go to vulnerable places, go to really vulnerable places. And so the more courage... And open-heartedness we can live with in our day-to-day life, I think, is better for our acting. You know, I think Brene Brown is someone who I really, I just love Brene Brown. Maybe I'll include this really quick as a final segment, which is, these are just some writers and thinkers that I highly recommend you check out. I think they'll help with acting, though they're not necessarily about acting. Uh, Brene Brown is one of them. You know, she does a lot of studies on vulnerability and how important that is to have an open heart with people. And I believe, oh gosh, who was I just hearing about the other day? Someone who said that we should always have a spirit of hospitality. A philosopher, I believe. Maybe it was Jacques Derrida. Um, He said we should always have a spirit of hospitality with everyone that we meet. And that doesn't mean leave your front door open so people can walk in whenever they want, but it just means try to be as open with people as possible, always. Now, are you going to get hurt that way? Maybe. I'm not even saying that you should always do it because, you know, we're, we are in a world where we have to protect ourselves. And I think that's, you know, I get that. So I'm not saying to take this full-heartedly and just, I'm going to be open with everyone. Here's my social security number. Uh, no, but I think it's something to consider. Just as we're with people, like how open are we being? How authentic are we being? Other things, you know, I I highly recommend philosophy for actors. I think there's just so much rich work to mine. And I think it can help you understand different characters, different stories more. Because so many stories are dealing with a philosophical conflict of some kind. So I highly recommend Stoic philosophy. I think that's a great one for detachment. I know I have a book called The Daily Stoic where every day they just give you a little bit of wisdom. And that's really helpful. Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, another great one. I really love Eckhart Tolle. As a writer, he wrote The Power of Now, which is a great book on finding presence, on being present and finding stillness. Stillness Speaks is another one of his, also. Great book. But there's a lot of great non-acting things that can help you with your acting. Just to run through them really quick for you again. It's therapy, meditation, traveling, 
sports or working out and going out. And there's more. Obviously, there's more. But, you know, eventually I have to get on with my day. I can't stay here all day talking about all this. But I hope that helped. I hope it's given you some ideas for how to step away. And remember, even when we're stepping away from acting, your acting is just constantly being fed. Gosh, I'm going to butcher this saying, but there's someone who said, like, occasionally we need to step away from art so that we can kind of refill our artist's tank. Maybe it was Julia Cameron again. You know, she talks about taking yourself out on an artist's date once a week. That could be something where you're going to a gallery alone or a movie alone. You're taking an hour in your day to just paint without any expectation of this will be a painting I'm going to sell or anything like that. Just paint. Just take yourself on an artist date to refuel the creative juices, so to speak. And I do think when we take some time away and we do so consciously, I think those creative juices do inevitably start to get filled back up. Sometimes without our knowing. So thank you for listening to the Acting Notes podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would be very helpful to me, and I'd greatly appreciate if you could leave a rating and review or a comment that helps the podcast grow. It can reach more people that way. If you could share with friends or family or anyone that might be interested in acting, that would also be tremendously helpful. Already, I'm so thankful to everyone that listens to this podcast. Uh, it's grown so tremendously in a pretty short amount of time, at least in my opinion. And I'm really thankful for that. I really enjoy doing this. I really enjoy talking about acting and about art. And you guys are giving me the path to do that. And so I, I so appreciate it. And if you want to reach out, you can always do so on Instagram or TikTok at The Acting Notes. I've already had some people reach out. Uh, and thank you so much for doing so. It's always so nice. Sometimes I have people just reach out and say, hey, I love what you're doing. And it's just, a, it's like the kindest thing. I can't, I can't tell you how delightful that is to read. It's just a very, it's so nice. And like, you never have to do that. And so the fact that people will go out of their way to do that, I just, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't like miss my radar. I really appreciate it. Um, anyway, I hope this all helped. And I hope you have a good day. Peace. Thank you.